Good everybody. We'll go ahead and uh, start off with a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you for the lesson tonight and what we'll be looking at as a, uh, a lesson on self-reliance. And it's definitely a very challenging um, lesson uh, filled with good intentions, for sure. And uh, just get the realization that, again, it, it is of you, not us. I ask that you just uh, please help me with presenting the lesson tonight and help the, those that are uh, listening to be able to, again, to be receptive what you want to do and show in each of our lives tonight, that you just uh, give us something that we can take away from tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, kind of like last week, there's a lot of reading um, to start, especially. Um, so we will, uh, the first section is actually, it's, it basically is following the, the different gospel um, accounts here of um, of Peter and the other disciples um, determining and giving their um, I don't know what the term what the word you want to use but their assurance there you go of never going to deny the Lord etc and of course it focuses on Peter um, with the intention of our study here but um, so Pastor if you want to go ahead and start in uh, Matthew's account there. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I went to Judea, I before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me first. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, Yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, for the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's house and went in and sat with the servants to see the Lord. Now Peter sat without in the palace. And a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto them, That were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied who the I did not know him to make him. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech be raised thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. And we'll go ahead and continue in Mark's account, which is uh, several <coughs> verses in Mark 14. And Jesus saith unto him, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. 
spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they all forsook them and fled. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the house of the high priest, and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou wast also with Jesus of Nazareth? But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and that caught crew. And the maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not this man of whom he speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. And the accounts in Luke and John, I just realized they're not uh, in, in your notes there. So this is Luke's, Luke's account, and this is Luke 21, 31 to 34, and then 54 to 62. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And down to verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man was also with him, and denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little, and after a little while, another saw him, and said, Thou art also one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went on, and Peter went out, and wept bitterly. And then in John's, John's account, in John 13, 36 to 38, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Then it jumps down to chapter 18 um, and verse 10. It says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it, and smote the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said, Peter, then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath, the cup which my father hath given me. Shall I not drink it? Jumps down to verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple, 
That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept, that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. He jumps down to verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. But Jesus predicted that his disciples would all desert him in his hour of trial. And Peter, Peter spoke for them all, stating that he would be willing to die for the Lord and would never forsake him. Jesus told Peter directly that he would deny him three times, and it happened just as Jesus said it would, of course. So some things to think about tonight, goal-wise, for this lesson. is just Number one is to understand that we should have noble aspirations. Number two is realize that it's a grave mistake to boast of ourselves. And there's actually some very interesting things if you look at what Peter said, which we'll look at tonight. I never really noticed and thought about this before. And then number three, <clears throat> that we would choose to humbly ask the Lord to help us stand for Him at all times. When education on daily life often comes through, of course, what's called the school of hard knocks, one of the chief tools and Satan's arsenal is developing overconfidence in the life of the believer. Peter was a God-called and God-gifted man. Think about that. But he was also a man who was very sure of himself. Peter was confident in the fact that even if others would deny Christ, he would remain the last man standing. God's Word warns us against this very attitude of self-confidence. The scripture state in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. In this lesson we'll learn that while we can do all things, we can do all things only through the Lord Jesus Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4, 13. A lesson that Peter learned the hard way here. So point number one, we have Peter's willing, starts with a B, What was that? Extend that word. Boastfulness. boastfulness. There you go. Peter's willing boastfulness. Christ tells his disciples they would all be offended and forsaken. Kind of, that's a qu quoting from Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. No, Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Singling out Peter once again and telling him especially that he was Satan's special target. Peter again states, not so, Lord. Peter's response should stand as a stark warning for us today. First, it's in, again, this is some of the things I was mentioning. First, he compared himself to others. He stated, though all men should be offended. The moment we begin to think that we are better than or unlike other individuals, 
we are deluding ourselves. Each of us is just a sinner saved by grace, and we are all robed in flesh and possess a carnal nature. 2 Corinthians 10.12 is the first verse on sheet there. I don't remember where we stopped. Go ahead, Katie. Yep, go ahead. For we dare not make themselves, make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that condemn themselves. They measure themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Remember the pious Pharisee in Luke 18? Have we ever been guilty of that attitude? And we're going to read about it here, Luke 18, 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as you. Peter's second statement was that he would never be offended. Anytime we think we would never do something, of course, you hear about that. You know, I would never do this or do that. Case of the nevers, but never really realized that. Think about, he said that. He would never. If you look back, it's in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 33, back in the... Yeah, the verse is there. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men should be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Anytime we think that we would never do something, we should remember that I'm sure Noah undoubtedly never believed that he'd get drunk. I'm sure David undoubtedly believed he would never be a murderer. And those two men were great men of God who still erred. And if they could, we can as well. So point number one, he would, it starts with an S, with Christ. Stand. He would stand with Christ. Mark 14, 29. It's the next verse on there. Thanks. So. But Peter said unto him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. As always, Peter had good intentions, and here he made a brave resolution. It should be the goal of every believer to stand, and there is no nobler place to stand than at the side of Christ. This is the very thing that Scripture commands us to do. In Ephesians 6.13, and having done all, to stand. You may even be familiar with the great hymn by George Duffield, Jr., that exhorts us to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. And the words to the song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, are based on the dying words of Dudley Atkins Ting, who was a minister in Philadelphia. And after being mortally injured in a farming accident, he's remembered for what he said on his deathbed. Now, Father, I am ready. Father, stand up for Jesus. Tell them, let us all stand up for Jesus. Let us all stand in Christ Jesus in prayer. Accepted in Christ, having no other claims than his righteousness, that Christ may be glorified forever. Ephesians six thirteen to 14. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins covered about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The Christian certainly ought to have a desire to stand and to encourage others to stand by his words and by his example. Think of, think of Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. But we should consider the spirit in which we announce to others our declaration to stand. 
God desires for every believer to have a humble heart. Proverbs 27, 1. And James four thirteen to sixteen. Go to now, me that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get you. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, or what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boasting, all such rejoicing is evil. And sub-point B is he would, starts the D, with Christ. Died. Yep. Peter went on to declare that he would stay with the Lord to the end, and that even if it meant giving his very life, he would not deny the Lord. He said, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death, in Luke's account. And this was a man who truly loved Jesus and declared himself willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for his sake. He had heard Jesus say, previous to this, in John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. And he was ready, he said, to do this very thing for Jesus. Now, although the emphasis is on Peter, because he spoke first, apparently, both Matthew and Mark tell us that all of the other disciples echoed Peter's words. Ask yourself this question. Would I be willing to die for Christ? Would you be willing to give your life rather than deny Christ? We know that others have done so and are doing so even today. No doubt we would all desire to die pleasing the Lord rather than to live in the shame of having denied Him. But as we'll see with Peter, our flesh can let us down in a moment. The book we know as Fox's Book of Martyrs was originally published in 1563 with the title Acts and Monuments of These Latter and Perilous Days Touching Matters of the Church. It's a lot easier to remember Fox's Book of Martyrs. <laughs> and gives hundreds of accounts of persecution and death suffered by those who stood for Christ unflinchingly down through the centuries. And it remains in print as a challenge to us today. Ultimately, Peter would fulfill his promise to go to prison and later to die for Christ as he'd be executed by Emperor Nero about the same time as the Apostle Paul. And although no reliable source says so, it's been traditionally held that Peter was crucified upside down at his own request, considering himself unworthy to die in the same manner as his Lord and Savior. But in these dark hours here of Christ's arrest and trial, Peter would obviously fear for his life. Sadly, he would not keep the bold boast he had made in these passages. And that should be a sobering reminder of our need of the Lord for every hour, for how easy it is for our flesh to betray the best of intentions. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is and hearkens back to our lesson last week, or the lesson on prayer. In the hymn, Come Thou Fount, the songwriter Robert Robinson perfectly described the weakness of our flesh. Now when he penned, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. 
That brings us to point two. Peter's wavering, starts the B again. Similar word, boldness. Peter's wavering boldness. As we continue looking at of these passages here, we see that Peter's bold boast of his intention to stand with Christ and follow him to the death is about to be challenged. We notice where Peter had once been in the inner circle and very close to the master that during this time of danger and distress, he began to follow afar off. We must always be purposeful in drawing nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ because the farther we get from Christ, the more prone we are to do things and say things that we would be unlikely to do in His immediate presence. Subpoint A, we have His, starts with a D. Not denial. Not defense. Determination. His departure, yes. <clears throat> His departure. Mark fourteen fifty. And they forsook him, they all forsook him and fled. It's a heartrending thing when a person forsakes a close earthly relationship. Now imagine the desertion the Lord felt by the men to whom he was closest and to whom he had devoted the last three years of his life to mentor. This betrayal had to hurt deeply. His first command to these men had been to follow me, and now they had ceased to do so. Even after the disciples had joined themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, he continued to tell them to follow. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, the <clears throat> me. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. As believers, we need to realize that what Christ wants from us is to follow him. That's stated clearly in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me. Familiar passage there. Now, it's good to remember that one of the great testimonies that we can show to the world is that we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So subpoint B, we have his, starts the D again. I think it's already been said. A denial. Decision. His decision. Matthew 26, 58. <coughs> But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's house, and went in and sat with his servants to see him. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple, that disciple was known as the high priest, and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without, and went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. While we are often learning in this series from the things that Peter did wrong, it is, and it's true that he didn't stay close to Jesus during this event in his life, it's only fair to mention 
that he did make the right decision to follow, while others fled and continued to flee. Again, we often focus on what he did wrong, but he did do some things right. Here. Although he was too modest to refer to himself by name, of course, the Apostle John followed him as well, the unnamed disciple there in John 18. And when we make a decision that takes us out of the company of Christ, we're often putting ourselves in the company of those who are not followers of Christ. The Bible tells us on many occasions how important it is that we surround ourselves with the right company. Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. In Proverbs 1, 10 to 19, it's not in your, in your um, notes there. Is my son of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. If for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood, surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 14 to 18 is not uh, on your sheet either. It says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Remember where Lot started out, where he ended up, and how he got there. It was based on the decision he made to head for Sodom. Genesis 13, 12 to 13. It says, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And it kind of continues on with the culmination of everything there. In Genesis 19, uh, verse 15 to 16, it says, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And then jumps down to verse 24. It says, And the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. That brings us to subpoint C, which is his, it's already been said, starts with a D. 
denial, yes. His denial. And it uh, goes back to Matthew 26, 69 to 74, and I'll read that here. It says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he did not denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Now it's interesting that people recognized Peter for having been with Jesus. Now every time Peter, every time people saw Jesus, who would they see with him? That was a wonderful testimony. Today it's a wonderful thing when the world associates the believer with Christ, his church, and the things of the Lord. That's exactly what happened in Acts 4, verse 13. The account states, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. How ironic that these were the same two disciples that had followed Jesus into the palace. Isn't that kind of interesting? The same can be said about Moses. When he came down from the mountain, everyone could tell something was different about him. Exodus 34, 28-30, it's not in your uh, uh, handouts either. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights, and he did, he did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. It was said that the followers of John Wesley could always tell when he spent lengthy times in his prayer room. We ought to be challenged to live in such a way that people can tell that we've been with Christ. Unfortunately, in the time of crisis, Peter found himself not ready to be associated with Jesus. He learned from this sad incident in his life and would later write this in 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, meekness and fear. Interesting. He was the one who wrote that. Had Peter stayed as close to the Lord as he originally intended, he would almost certainly not have denied Christ. But because Peter had strayed from the presence of Christ, he found his self-reliance was not enough to enable himself to keep the vow he had made. In this, he received a part of his education as a disciple that he would never forget. Which moves us to our last point this evening. Peter's weeping, starts with a B, 
Bitterness, yes. Peter's weeping bitterness. Like Peter, all of us will stumble and fall in our walk with Christ. The Bible states in Proverbs 24, 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. What is imperative for the Christian to realize is that when we fall, we can get up again. Christ will help us get up again, and God is still able to use us. Obviously, depending on, might not be in the same way, but He is still able to use us. We can look to the Bible for a plethora of examples of redemption. Abraham doubted God and joined with Hagar, but later God blessed him with the birth of Isaac. Moses murdered the Egyptian and then later led the children of Israel to the promised land. Two that didn't go in, but he led them too. Samson fell to Delilah, and God still used him to bring down the temple of Dagon. David took Bathsheba and later prepared the way for the building of the temple. Gomer went into a life of prostitution, and God allowed her to come back and be the wife of the prophet Hosea. Jonah fled from God and later preached, it says here interestingly, the greatest revival the world's ever seen. John Mark was kicked off of Paul's evangelistic team and later returned and was profitable for the ministry. So sub-point A, we have his, starts with an R, remembrance, yep, his remembrance. Matthew 26, 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Mark 14, 72. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Luke 22, 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Luke adds the detail that the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. The Lord had heard it all. Whatever was behind the look that Jesus gave, it hit Peter with tremendous force. Although it was a bitter remembrance for Peter, the word of the Lord worked a wonderful change in his heart. It brought about his repentance and restoration. It showed him beyond a doubt the folly of self-reliance. It's a wonderful thing when we remember God's words. David stated in Psalm 119:130, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. When we remember what the Lord Jesus Christ has said about something, it often sheds a different and a brighter light on our lives. Perhaps you remember something somebody said to you when you were young that you've always remembered and it's made a difference to you all your life. The Word of God should always make a difference for us. Psalm 119, 104 to 105. Through that precept I can understand, therefore I hate the Christian is indwelt 
with the Holy Spirit of God and so has a constant companion, teacher, and reminder like that, that pastor was talking about this morning, that idea that the tower oversight in our lives. Jesus said, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I've said unto you in John 14, 26. It's a wise Christian who asks the Lord to bring his words into daily remembrance. When a Christian knows that he has a weakness in a certain area, he will greatly strengthen himself by memorizing and meditating on Scripture that deals with that particular weakness as God blesses our meditation on His Word. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 is not in your, uh, on your hand out there. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Then Isaiah 55, 10-11. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And that brings us to um, our last subpoint this evening, subpoint B. We have his, starts with an R as well. Not repentance, similar. Think of repentance, similar word to it. Not recompense, his remorse. His remorse. After the word of God had been brought back to Peter's mind, we see two commendable actions that are tremendous examples for us. The Bible states that he went out. He left the companions that had drawn him into denying his Lord and went off by himself. Never really thought about that way. But he left the wrong crowd that he was with. If we are going to draw close to the Lord, we need to draw away from the people and the things of this world. Divided loyalties are destructive to the Christian life. Matthew 6, 24. No man, excuse me, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and man. In 1 John 2, 15-17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. <clears throat> for all that is in the world, the rest of God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. First, we see Peter separating himself, and second, we see him remorsefully repenting. Scripture tells us that he wept bitterly. As a tough fisherman, Peter probably did not weep easily. But here, he had been cut to the very heart by his love for Jesus and how shamefully he had failed him. He also remembered, with great sorrow, his boasting of how far he would go for the Lord, contrasted with how far he actually went. For a heartrending example of remorse, read and meditate on Psalm 51, which is entitled, A Psalm of David, When Nathan the Prophet Came Unto Him After He Had Gone Unto Bathsheba. The only thing David said to Nathan that's recorded in Scripture is, I have sinned against the Lord after he's confronted. What he said to God was another matter entirely. The Bible reminds us that God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. In your times of triumph, as well as spiritual defeat, approach the Lord with a humble heart of repentance. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken, are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Psalm 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. And 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and we cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's wonderful to see that Peter came to the full realization of his sin. What an encouragement to know that God forgave him and went on to use him in a powerful way. So in conclusion tonight, Peter wasn't prepared for the fear that would gravely impact his intentions of following Christ when he boldly made the declaration of his loyalty to the Lord. Satan will often attempt to give us a false sense of security and strength in our own self-reliance. We must remember that our strength is not in or of ourselves, but solely of God. When we depend on His strength and ask for His help, we create a safeguard against the attack of pride and fear. And when we fall, as we will, may we learn from our mistakes and ask the Lord for forgiveness. He is faithful to forgive, to restore, and to use us mightily for His kingdom. And you think of Peter, well, I mean, if you think a little bit back further, um, what to our um, occurrences here to like last week, what was he doing when Jesus was praying? Sleeping. Interesting, just thinking of all um, of the things we've been talking about here and where Christ was prepared of spending time in private with the Father to be able to, for alliteration, perform publicly, if you could word it that way. But Peter was sleeping during that time. But that's the lesson this evening. Um, definitely a very challenging one. Any thoughts from anybody? Anything that stood out to you tonight? 
Anything? As noble as, as our plans might be, when God has another plan, he could, we know, looking at it, that Jesus had, had something for Peter to do and it wasn't dying. As noble as that was, you just can't go past what his will and plan is for your life. Anything else? John? Kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I think you'll never, you can probably think you'll never do something or be tempted to do something, and, but there's lots of things in the Bible that I thought the same thing, and I've said, but crazy how they, the Lord could let them reign, and they God, and they go against the Lord. Yep. Anything for me, I can identify with this guy in some ways. But like you have your big noble plan and then you just fail utterly. And you're like, Lord, where are you? Why am I not confident? I think he's like, just goes away. It's just you fall so far and you're like, but then you realize because you need him, like he's letting you realize where you're not alone. It's encouraging that you you fall, but sometimes I think he has to let you I'm gonna do this and then let you fall again. Okay, ready now. <laughs> Any other thoughts from anybody? You know, something that kind of stood out to me was, uh, again, you read things so many times, but in, and sometimes just things kind of just hit you and stand out. But just that um, thought of of Peter really when he was making his, uh, his intentions know Jesus of how much he really was just comparing himself with everybody else. No, oh, they might, but I'm not. And then just that thought of, I would never, and he did his never. Within literally, I think, a couple hours of his, I would never, he's doing it. That. Um, so just, I don't know, just some things that kind of stood out to me with that of, uh, Mornings, I guess, for us in that regard. But anything else? Any other thoughts before we uh, close out tonight? Okay, let's pray. As we close the lesson tonight, Lord, thank you for helping us through it. And then I, I pray that it was a challenge to, to others as it was a challenge to me, that we would not... Uh, be self-reliant and rely on ourselves, even with good intentions to do good things, um, but that we would, again, that it really is of you and through you and to you. And please help us to, um, again, just be careful with comparing ourselves and then um, the I would never do this, or feel this, or think this, or be this, um, that we would just stay humble in that regard, that we are all capable of anything, <laughs> good and bad, in that regard. 
And we do thank you for Peter and his example. That again, he he did some things wrong, but he still did some things right in the situation and the lesson today. And that when he did wrong, he repented of it and got right with you. And then you took it and used it in his life to help continue his education as a disciple and point him in the right direction again. That he fell, but he got back up by your grace. And thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. I ask that you give us safety as we go home on um, go home tonight and bring us back together again on Wednesday. In Jesus' name, amen.